Welcome friends to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story involving slipping something inside somebody's food. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is all three of us get revenge against our boyfriend. I've never really told this story to anyone besides my best friends, but I think you're going to want to hear it. I'm a 26 year old female, and just before my 25th birthday last year, I got into my first adult relationship. Now, I know what you're thinking. How come I had to turn 25 before getting into a relationship? Wasn't it weird being single for so long? Well, I grew up as the fat child in the neighborhood. My parents were free-spirited hippies who were obsessed with my chubby cheeks and felt like my happiness was referenced in my size. They weren't exactly wrong because I was the happiest child back then. Growing up around family and friends that loved and adored me was the best thing. Our family was doing well and living on a farm that had been passed down through generations. And there was no real need for money as we had most of what we needed already with us. We grew most of our own food and my father was the best cook in the world. Plus, my grandparents stayed not too far from us, so I had my entire family close to me. My mother was a homeschooler, so I learned at home until I turned 11. That was when a lot of things started to go badly at home. My father got scammed so terribly by his friend and lost everything we owned. We went from having everything we needed to needing to depend on strangers for food to eat. I didn't understand the situation until my parents took me to stay with my grandparents and told me that they had to go and work to be able to provide for me again. I was very sad for a long time, but my grandparents tried their hardest to make me feel better. They couldn't continue with my homeschooling because they had work that made them unavailable, so I had to start going to a real school. I absolutely hated it, by the way. I started middle school in the middle of the semester, so things started out very awkward for me. And as a child who had been homeschooled, I was very shy around people my age. But a lot of them didn't understand that and thought I was just snobbish and rude. I entered junior high with no friends and the nickname Chunky, and despite ignoring the comments, they got to me. My grandparents already had so much that they were going through, taking care of me and providing for me, so I felt like it was pointless to worry them with the things that were my problems. Plus, all these people weren't actually physically hurting me, so I brushed it completely off and set my mind on finishing high school. I did get out of high school on the honors list and got scholarships to all my dream Ivy League schools that I applied to. By the time I was moving into college, my grandparents had retired and moved cities and my parents had started to come back into my life. But this time, they weren't the same people I remembered. They had become very religious and critical, yelling at my grandparents for letting me get so fat. It was one thing to have bullies who I had no personal connection with tease me for being fat, but it was an entirely different thing to have my parents do it, especially as I'd imagined reuniting with them a little less differently. In my head, there would have been a lot of happy tears, hugs, and affirmations of how much we missed each other, but there was none of that. Instead, my father was eerily quiet, pretending like I didn't exist, and my mother criticized everything I did down to the way I walked. I realized pretty soon that my parents weren't the same people I used to know anymore. It made me sad, but it also made me work harder at university and take on a couple of jobs so that I would never have to move back in with them again. I made my first couple of friends at the university, and it was really nice. 
It felt like we'd been friends forever, and like I had a family that accepted me for who I was without criticism. We had a lot in common, except for the fact that I had never dated anyone. I had never had a love interest, never kissed anyone, never spoken to a guy for more than 10 seconds. My friends weren't very judgmental about it, but they did think I was a prude and tried not to talk about their escapades around me. With time, it graduated to them trying to matchmake me with different guys, but it hardly ever worked out, because they all wanted sex and I wanted romance and fireworks. All the good stuff that romance novels seem to sell. Eventually, I gave up on the prospect of romance and went through university single and without even having my first kiss. After university, I got a really good job based on a professor's recommendation and started work immediately. Driven by my need for independence, I put all my concentration and effort into my job, only making time for my friends and occasionally my family. After a while of working my butt off, I got promoted at work and my workload was reduced. I also got a new place and a dog. I felt like I had gotten everything I wanted and I was finally ready to date someone. But at this time, it seemed like there were no men that were attracted to me. I went on blind dates that my friends set me up on and never got called back by them and even tried dating apps. But they all left me lonelier and more frustrated than before. All of the insecurities I managed to bury started coming back. Was it because of my size or did I just not seem like the girlfriend type? My friends said that it was because the men were intimidated by the fact that I was a career woman, but I didn't believe them. I deemed myself unattractive and gave up on dating completely. After a while, I completely pretended to forget about dating and focused on other things. Just two months before my 25th birthday, I was on the train when it came to an abrupt stop. I lost my balance and fell into the arms of the most handsome man I had ever seen. He smiled at me and helped me up, and for the rest of the trip, we were train buddies. He asked for my number, and by the time we got to our destinations, I was floored by his charm. My train buddy and I talked non-stop the entire weekend, and I found out that we stayed in the same city. We were also on the same train to a work convention. Although we worked in different companies, it somehow happened in the same place. It seemed like a match made in heaven, and I couldn't get enough of the attention that he showered me with. He knew all the right words to say and all the right gestures to do, and he always found a way to make me feel beautiful and strong and empowered without making me feel bad about it. We went on a couple of dates, and a week before I turned 25, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I was elated because this was going to be my first relationship, and it was with such a perfect man. My friends were very excited for me, and they even did some background checks on him and found nothing incriminating. On my birthday, he got me a really beautiful necklace and put it on me. Later, he kissed me under the full moon and kept telling me how perfect and beautiful he found me. He had no idea that he was my first kiss, but I did. It could not have been more perfect. We hooked up not too long after that, and it was magical and good. It felt like after so long of feeling undesired, my special someone had come to make me feel like the only girl in the world, literally. I didn't know how relationships were supposed to go, but our relationship was great and I was content. To my friends, things seemed to be moving too fast because I moved in with them after three months of dating, but I didn't think so. I should have listened to them. We settled into a dynamic where I worked and came home earlier to make dinner ready for him. 
and he just ate and ordered me around. I liked to do whatever he wanted because he showered me in love when he was happy with me. By the five month mark of our relationship, I was always feeling exhausted because I had no time to myself. After all, I was constantly taking care of my boyfriend. My friends tried to talk to me about how I was a slave to my boyfriend, but I chose not to listen. They didn't understand how much I wanted to make the relationship work, no matter what it took. My boyfriend's attitude towards me got worse by the seventh month because he didn't even act as if I existed at all. He went away for days on end, didn't call or text me, and when I tried to complain, he would rant endlessly about how work was trying to kill him and I was doing the same. He always made me feel guilty for asking for something as small as paying the bills in his own house. So I took up the role of caretaker. On a random night out with my friends, I complained to them and they suggested that my boyfriend might be cheating. I decided to investigate for myself later, picking up his phone and going through it later while he slept. And I found that he was cheating on me with two other women. The worst part of it was that these women had no idea that they were being two-timed by this man. I felt a lot of rage for him, and I decided that I would let the other women know. I took their numbers from his phone and messaged them at a later time, telling them of the situation, all while still pretending to him like things were okay. Both of the women, we'll call them X and Y, were very upset about the situation and wanted to confront him, but I decided against it. Instead, I convinced them not to do it just yet. Maybe if we let him on just a little more before finally exposing his ways, it would be a little more fun. They agreed instantly, and we decided to meet with each other. The first thing I noticed about both women was that they were very pretty, and I felt as if I paled in comparison to them. The second thing I noticed was that all three of us had brown hair and were plus-sized women. It almost seemed like he was acting based on a fetish, which was weird, but not surprising. X was the youngest of us all and had just graduated from college. Y was in her mid-30s and fresh out of a divorce. And I was a lonely woman who had never dated anyone else before. Another thing that we had in common was the fact that we were all needy in some way. And he just so happened to be in the right place at the right time. We also found out that he'd been lying to us for a while, and each one of us was dealing with one of his living essentials. I paid the bills, cleaned his house and fed him, Y helped him out financially, and he just used X for hooking up. X, Y, and I got closer as we teamed up against our lying scoundrel of a boyfriend. He was still a jerk to me, but I pretended not to notice, being overly nice to him and still making his meals. I employed a trick from one of my favorite movies and put estrogen supplements in his food to mess with his hormones and make him grow a chest too. I also stopped paying his bills on time and pretended to be completely oblivious to everything until he gave up and paid them himself. Because of his estrogen supplements I started adding to his food, he wasn't able to get it up to hook up with X, which left him feeling very ashamed of himself. Y also found a way to tell him that she was having some serious financial issues and couldn't send him money anymore. He threw a tantrum and we three girls laughed about it later. To him, it was like his cover was falling apart. It was getting a little expensive to be with three women at the same time, especially since none of us were giving him any money. He was losing hair, growing boobs and losing his charm. It was very fun to watch. 
On the eve of what was supposed to be his and I's first relationship anniversary, and a week to my 26th birthday, I invited him out to dinner in a fancy restaurant. It was going well until I said that I had to go to the bathroom and came back out with X and Y. He looked shocked. I still wish to this day that I got a picture of his face. While he stuttered and tried to understand what was going on, the girls and I ordered dinner, ate to our fill, and left him there in the restaurant. We all broke up with him over text and went off to celebrate at a bar nearby. It felt like a huge weight had been lifted off all of our shoulders. I moved back to my old apartment and picked up my things from my now ex-boyfriend's apartment with the help of my friends, just before he had to move back in with his mother because there were no more women to fund his extravagant lifestyle anymore. After the incident, I blocked every contact with him, but I'm still very good friends with both women and we keep in touch from time to time. Okay, first of all, do you guys think OP was going way over the line slipping estrogen supplements into his food? Second of all, if you found out that you and two other people were simultaneously being cheated on, would you ever consider being friends with them? Let me know what you guys think about both these things down in the comments below. And our final story of the day is ex-boyfriend pays for my shopping spree. My ex-boyfriend cheated on me numerous times with his ex-wife, and I got my revenge by going on a shopping spree with my daughter using his credit card. Well, here's how it happened. About a year ago, I met my ex at the gym I frequent, and we fell in love. Or so I thought. His story? He was a recent divorcee, and I was the first woman he dated after his divorce. He said his wife left him for a richer and older dude, and that he was heartbroken when it happened, but was ready to move on and to be with someone else. We went on a couple of dates, and he was a perfect gentleman. Kind and attentive. I was crazy about him. We started to hang out more, and after three months, he asked to meet my daughter. I didn't typically introduce men to my daughter because I didn't feel the need to. If it's not a serious relationship, I just did not see why I should do that. I'd only ever introduced one man to my daughter since I started dating again, and since that didn't work out, I decided I was going to take my time before exposing my daughter to another man. Well, he pressured me quite hard, so I eventually gave in. I invited him to my home for dinner and he met my daughter. She was not particularly nice towards him, but she wasn't cold either. She welcomed him well, but was mostly silent all through the meal. I understood that she was observing him and decided I'd let her take her time and let him grow on her. In no time, he expressed his wish for us to make our relationship official and started to spend most of his time in my home. Things were moving quite fast, and I worried that I was just a rebound following his divorce. But my ex-boyfriend assured me that I wasn't, and added that he had mentally checked out of his marriage years before it officially ended. Months later, we decided to move in together, and it made sense that I moved into his home since he had a larger house. One that would accommodate my teenage daughter too. I knew it was way too fast to move in with a man that I'd known for just 5 months, but... I was excited to be coupled up again. I'd been widowed for six years and only started actively dating the year before. Yes, I'd gone on a couple of dates and all, but I never really liked any of these men or sometimes they never really liked me or they would have called me again. When I met my ex-boyfriend though, it was different because he wasn't reluctant to lock it down. Most men wanted to keep it casual forever, but he was happy to be exclusive and start a life together. 
Also, he seemed like a very cool guy and we were crazy about each other. I considered that it would be nice for my daughter to have a father figure around because since her dad died, it's just been us. My brother would have been more than happy to perform that role, but he moved to France with his family after his wife was offered a huge job in fashion. I figured my daughter would be happy for me when I broke the news about us seriously considering moving in together, but she wasn't. She was very skeptical, and it irritated me. She could see how his presence in my life made me very happy, and she was not happy about that. Well, mom, I know if it were me in your shoes, you wouldn't want me moving in with him, she said and left for her room. I understood that, and I agreed with her, but things are not always so simple. People date for years and then move in together and things get messy, so it's not always a terrible thing to step on the acceleration a little bit in a romantic relationship. Also, moving in with him will certainly help our finances. It'd be great to have someone to share bills with for a change. My ex-boyfriend is a principal in a private school, and he made more money than I did. I had made up my mind to move in with my ex-boyfriend, but it was important for me to get my daughter on board. The next day, before she stepped out of the car in school, I calmly explained to her why it was important for me to date and how it would be of great advantage to us both. I even mentioned that she would finally get the big room that she'd always wanted and would live in a house with a pool. I expected a little excitement, but she just rolled her eyes at me, muttered, whatever, and banged the car door behind her. I was annoyed at her childish behavior. Children can be such ungrateful monsters, I thought. I've always put her happiness before mine, and now that I was getting the chance to be happy, she's mad about it? I had ran into my ex-boyfriend, and he'd hugged and assured me she'd eventually come around. Yes, we moved in with my boyfriend two weeks after that, and my daughter's bigger room did excite her. My ex-boyfriend had provided her with different pictures of a room decor to choose from, and she picked a nice design. She seemed very happy, and even happier when she met my ex-boyfriend's daughter, who's just a year older than her. The two hit it off and became friends. My ex's daughter lives with her mother, but she comes over every weekend, and we all hang out together. My expectation was that my daughter would come to love my ex-boyfriend, and hopefully start to respect him as a father in her life. But that was not the case. She suddenly became very disrespectful towards him. She would rudely interrupt him whenever he spoke, roll her eyes at him, and sometimes even refuse to respond to his greetings. I didn't know what to do and I felt that my daughter was acting up because she was worried her father was being replaced or that my ex and I would decide to start a family and she would be left out. I tried to speak to her about her attitude many times, but she would just shrug it off or say something about not trusting my ex. This bothered me, so I decided to speak to my brother about it. He has a good relationship with her anyway, and if anyone could make her listen, it was him. I was really happy in my relationship, and I would hate for my daughter to ruin what I had going on for me with her bad attitude and teenage exuberance. That night, I intimated my ex of my plans to call my brother and ask him to speak to her, but he persuaded me not to. She'll come around, he promised. I decided not to. The day after that, I made a nice meal for dinner and waited patiently for my ex to return from work so we could all eat together. My daughter was irritated and kept sulking about having to wait for him. It's always good to eat with family, I pointed out, but she was not having it. Well, he's not my family, she yelled and ran upstairs. At this point, I was very worried and needed to talk to someone. 
I'd hoped with my ex, my daughter, and I would have a more comfortable, happier life. But that dream kept going farther and farther from my reach. There and then, I decided to call my brother. I was upset and teary and he caught on. I begged him to speak to his niece. I had had enough of her childishness. He promised to speak to her, and I told him to encourage her to tell me what exactly the problem was. There was no way I'd fix the problem if I didn't know what it was. My ex didn't return that day, so I was pretty disoriented about that and my daughter's increased strange and rude behavior. The next day, my ex came home with no reasonable excuse for why he was away, but I somehow figured he wasn't willing to sit through another dinner and put up with my daughter's attitude. I could not wait for her to tell my brother just why she was acting up, so I could finally understand what was going on. My daughter and I certainly do not always see eye to eye on all issues, but we've always been able to talk through all our issues in the past. At work, I called my brother to ask him what was wrong. You need to talk to her, was his response. I'm afraid what you need to know must be heard from her. I became terrified. I had read and heard many stories of men hitting on and abusing their stepdaughters. What if that situation was going on in my home? I felt horrible. I'd failed my daughter if that was happening, and she didn't feel comfortable enough with me to talk to me about it. Growing up, my aunt told me about her abusive stepdad. He was a church bishop and no one believed when she told them that he'd been sexually abusing her, including her mother. I felt then that her mother, my grandmother, must have been a horrible mom. But here I was as a mother too, worrying if my 15-year-old daughter's rebellious behavior had anything to do with my ex doing that kind of stuff to her. I rushed to school immediately after work, and we had a silent ride home. So many things ran through my mind as I drove, and immediately after we got home, I told her to spill. She said, what? I said, well, what's going on? Has my boyfriend done something to you? Did he touch you inappropriately? Her eyes widened. What? Mom, no. I say, then what is it? Why are you so bitter towards him? Would you rather I don't have a boyfriend? She says, no. I say, no. She says, mom, I don't have a problem with you having a boyfriend, but I have a problem with him. I say, what's wrong with him? He says, well, he does not deserve you. I was frustrated. Something was going on that I did not know about and she wasn't saying what it was. She says, he's cheating on you, mom. I say, what? She says, yes, his daughter told me he's been sleeping with her mom. I was confused at first. What if his daughter was lying? What if she knew my daughter would tell me and was trying to upset our relationship? It didn't seem like something she would do, though. She's a sweet teenager and I would often wish my daughter would behave just like her. I was shaken because it all started to make sense why my ex never wanted to talk about his ex-wife. He would simply say she left him for another dude and that was it. The late night works at the office and the nights he didn't return home all started to come back to me. I must have looked like I was going to faint because my daughter pulled up a chair immediately so I could sit. She says, I didn't want to tell you because I knew you would be hurt. When I confronted him about it, He admitted it and I say, you spoke to him? I was shocked. All of this has been happening around me and I didn't notice. I was too wrapped up in my whirlwind romance that I didn't even pay attention to the signs. I felt really ashamed. 
It happened that my daughter had confronted him about his cheating, and he told her to go ahead and tell me if she wanted to see me hurt. My daughter had held back on telling me because she knew I was happier and did not want to ruin my happiness. I was livid. This man was not just cheating, but he was also manipulating my daughter into not telling me. I could not believe that my daughter had kept all of that and had to live with that secret for months. She started to cry and I cried too. I decided though that it was the end of the road for my ex and me. I definitely had to leave him, but I couldn't do that immediately. I had to get an apartment for my daughter and me. It was really hard to not confront him about it. I watched him walk around the house, fighting the urge to confront him about his wickedness. My coworker and I would go out to look at houses together, and we eventually found a good apartment that we could rent. It was bigger than our former apartment, and we loved it, so I decided to take it. We needed money for furniture and other stuff that we would need in the house, so I carefully hatched a plan to steal my ex's credit card. The perfect opportunity came two weeks later when my ex's daughter informed my daughter about her parents going away during the week. My daughter and I were excited and started to plan towards moving to our apartment. My ex casually mentioned that he was going for a program in New York City. I knew immediately that he was going to be with his ex-wife, but I played the good girlfriend and helped him prepare for his trip. The night before, we talked about finances and I managed to bring up his credit limit and he revealed all that I needed to know, oblivious to the fact that his credit card was tucked away in my purse for use. The next day, I called in sick at work and my daughter skipped school. We hurriedly packed our stuff and had a U-Haul come for them. My ex-boyfriend knew nothing about our plans. Of course, he was in New York attending his meeting. We planned a day out together, but not before I switched off my cell phone so he couldn't contact me about whatever might happen with his credit card. My daughter and I went to the mall and got our manicure and pedicure, new furniture for our apartment, cosmetics and some new clothes. My daughter and I had a fun day shopping before leaving for our apartment. I turned on my phone later that night and I got tons of messages from my ex-boyfriend, all of which I ignored. He'll figure it out on his own why I did what I did. Today, my 15-year-old daughter and I stay in our rented apartment. We have a better relationship now and I'm glad. Surprisingly, my ex never tried to contact me about his credit card or why I moved out after that day and I preferred it that way. I still look at the furniture in my living room and smile to myself. I'm not gonna lie, my mind's just kind of blown that they never did anything involving their credit card. Like, surely OP spent hundreds of dollars and they just let it go? Maybe the credit card company just refunded them because it was clearly fraudulent? I don't know. You would think that there would be some real ramifications, but hey, you got out of there and you got some sweet stuff too. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than both of these stories, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.